Hey, welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. And today, we're going to be talking about the queen of hip-hop soul, Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Big auntie energy. Now. She <laughs> now. wasn't always. <laughs> Not always. <laughs> we but, were all young ones. Yes. <laughs> Ready to get into it? Yep. All right. Okay, so... For those who may not know, few people, a couple of people, maybe some youngins. Yes. Who is Mary J. Blige? So we mostly know her for her music mm-hmm. because she has albums spanning literally decades. So she has thirteen albums in total, and her first album was released in nineteen ninety two, and the last one was in twenty seventeen. That's a full lifetime. Yeah, that's like a whole ass adult. It is. <laughs> it is. So on top of her albums, she also has an acting career that has also spanned decades, though most of her earlier appearances were just guest appearances as herself on various TV shows. But later in the 2000s to now, she's been doing more original roles in movies. Right. So for her role in the movie Mudbound, she actually became the first person ever to be nominated for an Academy Award for acting and songwriting in the same year. I didn't even know that. So they got a twofer with Mary. You hire Mary, she could do a little acting, she can also do a little singing and songwriting. I'll get into that a little later. Yes. (laughs) So we'll get into all of that a little bit later. But with a resume like that, it's pretty clear why we would want to take some time out to give her her flowers because she deserves them all. She's a legend. She's an icon. And after revisiting her albums, I can officially say that she's my favorite singer. That's a big claim to make. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to go that far and say she's my favorite singer. I'm mm-hmm. going to have to think about it. But I'm not going to say she's not my favorite singer. I usually don't say I have one favorite of anything. Right. And I've known since I was, how old was I, 92, 13 or something? I loved Mary J. Blige, but just listening to a bunch of her albums in succession and really thinking about it for this episode has solidified how much I love her. (laughs) That's the same way I came to the realization about Regina Regina King. King, Yeah. So it's not really a shocker to myself, (laughs) (laughs) but it's official after this. It's official, official. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who I would put on my list. I'm going to have to think about that and get back to you. All right. I will be patiently awaiting the results. All right. (laughs) Let's start by talking about her debut album. Yeah. What's the 411? What's the 411, hun? What's the 411, hun? <laughs> <laughs> so she was quite young, 1920, when this album came out. And we've seen her before. She was singing Back Up for Father MC. Yeah, really <laughs> funny <laughs> outfit that she's wearing in the, the video. The little bangs and the ponytail. Yeah. But, you know, it wasn't funny at the time. It wasn't funny at the time, but <laughs> going back and looking at it, it looks it's, a little funny. it's not the Mary that we know now. Yeah, and it's weird seeing her sing backup. Yeah. But, you know, she was young. It was her, I'm guessing, one of her first gigs. Yeah. I don't remember seeing her in anything else before yeah, that. that's but the first thing I saw her in. What's the 411 is a pretty solid debut album. It is. And she was working with Diddy, so, you know, he's got reach and stuff as well. He knows folks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Which is clear in the very first track, which is an interlude called Leave a Message, which is something that a lot of the young folks probably don't know. This thing called answering machines (laughs) people would call your house phone and leave a message (laughs) and then you would come home and listen to them (laughs) and maybe call them back do people even leave voicemails in 2021 the only because i think everything is all text messages yeah the only voicemails i get is usually like my bank or something like that 
or like something professional. If a friend calls me and I miss the call, they'll text me. Exactly. If they didn't already text me to begin with and forego the call altogether. (laughs) (laughs) So she's getting a whole bunch of messages from people basically calling her and telling her how good the album is. One that I found really funny was Audrey Harrell calls. And in the message, he's like, Andre Harrell. CEO, chairman, founder of Uptown Records. <laughs> like she wouldn't know yeah, who that like, is. like she signed to Uptown Records, right. by the way. <laughs> that was Just, Andre Harrell giving the world an explanatory yeah. comma. But I, I love that he said to her, see you at number one. Like, can you yeah. imagine your debut album? And another one that I thought that was really funny is, uh, you remember that magazine, Sister to Sister? Yeah. So Jamie Brown from Sister yeah, to Sister I Calls. I hearing that the other day. Yeah, and just the, her voice was like, hey, girl, call me. <laughs> just want to talk to you. See how you vibe. She's trying to, like, cozy up to her and get an interview. And right. I don't know why that always tickles me, just hearing her just like, call me. <laughs> And then there's another person uh, named Little Sean, not to be confused with Big Sean. No, completely different people. (laughs) Little Sean used to be a rapper. Yep. But he says, call me or better yet, beat me. Yes, beat me. (laughs) That's another one. So as soon (laughs) as we jump into the album, I'm already brought back to a a different time just with these little references and it's kind of like what we were talking about I think in the last episode where we're in this unique position of knowing what things were like before the internet and a lot of these technological advances and knowing what life is like after right there are people who literally won't know what we're talking about and then no idea what a a beeper is yeah but then also at the same time realizing how long ago it was like dang this is old All right, let's get back to the album. So the thing that I loved about this album is that it ushered in this new sound and this new look as well. Jodeci's first album had already come out, so we already had that hip-hop-infused R&B. Right. But even their first album wasn't as much until... Yeah, it wasn't... The second album. Yeah, their first album, and I think I've mentioned this on the Mm -hmm. pod before, the first half of it is great, and the second half of it is terrible, and sounds really dated, whereas it seems like that album was like a trial to see if this will work. And then Puffy kind of... As he was known at the time, this was before Diddy. He was Puffy slash Puff Daddy. (laughs) So it seems like on Mary's album is where it kind of came together. It's like, okay, we see what we can do. Let's try and apply it to this. And not only that, I think the infusion of hip hop was a little stronger with Mary's album as well. Because... Jodeci's album, I think is maybe at least a year, maybe two before hers came out. So there was still a little bit of the New Jack Swing, whereas hers was not. No, not at all. And also her voice and her style of singing, it's very clear that she has influences from artists like Aretha Franklin. And so she brings this kind of like old soul to it at the same time. But then you have this, at the time it was fresh, new, current hip hop sounds. Right. So just putting those two together was like... Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it was the perfect person for the perfect time, and they made it happen. Yeah. I think her first single was actually Reminisce. I don't remember, but it sounds right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Reminisce, though Real Love is 
and will always be my favorite track off of this album. No, you remind me was the oh, first single. Oh, you remind me. Then Real Love, then Reminisce. Okay, but then you hear the beat on Real Love. That kind of beat or bass line, I don't know what to call it. That's very hip-hop. Yeah. Like, that's something that people who maybe don't usually listen to R&B will want to listen to. Right. Like, very masculine men or whatever. <laughs> Toxic males will even want to <laughs> listen to this, right? <laughs> so are you saying I was a toxic You're male? You're a toxic male. <laughs> at 16 years old <laughs> listening Probably to were. West of 411. But you know what I mean? Like I know where you're going. People who, you know, normally listen to, quote, hardcore rap would enjoy Mary J. Yeah. And R&B fans would enjoy Mary J. Or people who are fans of both, this is the best fusion. Yeah. And I think Real Love is a very good uh, example of that. After listening to the song, who knows how many times I've listened to that song. Every single time, it still gets me. As soon as that beat drops and then she comes in, I just never get bored of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to say I love it that much, but I am a real fan Mm -hmm. of real love. And it's for those same reasons, because... It, it sounds good mm-hmm. everywhere you listen to it. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to it in your car, it sounds good. If you're out in a club and it's playing, it sounds good. It's a perfect record for 1992. If you wanted to know what 1992 sounded like in urban music, that's what it sounded like. Right. And not only did she bring in this new sound, the fashion. She was wearing a baseball jersey from Toronto Designers, two black guys. As a Canadian, you kind of get excited when you see stuff like that because this is pre-Drake where nobody knew anything about Canada except for we live in igloos, right? And play with bears. (laughs) Yeah, and so she's wearing this iconic baseball jersey and the baseball hat with the ponytail pulled through. Okay. But not pulled through the back, through the top. Through the top. I wanted that so bad, I actually bought a hat and tried to cut a hole out the top so I could pull my ponytail through. You should try that to to do it right now. (laughs) See, I don't have to because Queen Beyonce made a backless Ivy Park hat. And I have three of them, as you know. I do. So it's not exactly the same, but I could pull out my ponytail (laughs) out of the top of the hat. So it only took, what, almost 30 years for me to finally get this look. But you can do it now. (laughs) But I really want a baseball jersey that looks like the one in the video. Because two black guys, apparently, they still sell some things, but they don't sell that anymore. Time to hit eBay. (sighs) I'm cheap. Hey. I might. You know what? I might get lucky. Fashion hurts. Well... (laughs) Anyways, I think what makes this album feel more hip-hop than, like, say, Jodeci's album is she also used a lot of uh, features with rappers and samples that made it feel a little bit more like actually biggie was on the remix only right not on the original no he wasn't on the album yeah he wasn't on he was on the remix but grand pooba singing badly as usual (laughs) grand pooba loves singing he does he's not good at it but yeah he tries really hard he's on a song with her and then like you were saying it just sounded like diddy was experimenting yeah it was let's see how it sounds with jodeci Mm -hmm. that works all right let's go with mary it worked they're off and running. And then also she's from New York too. And as we had mentioned in previous episodes that hip hop was very New York yeah. at this time. At that time, Diddy was the the wonder boy. He used to be an intern, mm-hmm. worked his way up to vice president of Uptown and everything he touched turned to gold. So people were actually looking to him to see what he was going to do next. So everything that he was doing, people were getting excited about. So he had the hits with Jodeci. Uh, Biggie was coming out around the same time time and then Mary so there was this anticipation of pretty much everything he was doing people wanted to be a part of it and this album just fit right into it 
we talked a bit about the hip hop feel and I mentioned the very like old soul feel and I know you're not big on covers, <laughs> but yeah. what do you think about Mary covering Sweet Thing and That's actually um, my favorite song on this album. Shocker. It is. It's surprising that Yes, because you are not a fan of covers. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I typically don't like covers, but mm-hmm. of the stuff on this album, that's my favorite song. Okay. I would definitely consider this a no-skip album. I'm not going to go that far. It's mostly a no-skip album for mm-hmm. me. Even if I don't love every single song, there's no song that makes me just like, next. Like, I was joking around about Grand Pooba singing badly. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes on, I'll sing along badly with it, too. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a gap of about three songs between... What's the one with KC? I, I don't want to do anything. Yeah, so from there to the song with Grand Pooba, I skip the songs in between. <laughs> okay. But everything else, I'm good with. So I'll let it run from the intro to the song with KC, mm-hmm. skip Grand Pooba, mm-hmm. back to the beginning. All right. But we will both agree, though, that it's a very solid first yes. album debut Definitely. from a 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I will tie it all together when we get to her third album. I have something to put all a right. nice little bow on this run okay. of her first three albums. So while this album will always have a special place in my heart, just because this was my introduction to Mary, yeah. it's the official second album. And I say official because there was a What's the 411 remix that came out after this, which actually was a pretty good remix album. Like, you know, sometimes you hear remixes and it's basically the same song with like a rapper thrown on it. <laughs> yeah. But these are actual remixes. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that one's pretty solid too. But her official second album is My Life. The one. Yeah. Yeah. This is the one. Of the 13, did you say, albums that she has? This is number one on the list. I don't think there's any debate among any Mary J. Blige fans. I don't think so either. Of which album of hers is the best one. This is the one. It's always going to be my life. Yeah. And if it's not my life, maybe it's people who discovered her later, but... Yeah, that's the, that would be the only <laughs> excuse, is that you've never heard my life. Yeah, if you've been rocking with Mary since the 90s, the early 90s, since the first album, since Father MC... This is the one. This is the one, yeah. So this was released in 1994, and I was a whopping 15 years old. <laughs> but why does she have me feeling all these songs like I've been done wrong by a no good man? <laughs> I'm feeling her pain with her right <laughs> oh man and i think we all felt that way listening to yeah her. i think she just has a way it's her voice and you can feel the emotion yeah even if you don't exactly know what she's talking about you get it yeah i kind of equate her in the same sense that i say tupac isn't the greatest rapper of all time but he is at the same time <laughs> mary isn't the greatest singer but she is mm. because like Tupac, you feel everything that yeah. they say. Like it's they stir up emotions, right. whether it sounds pitch perfect or the lyrics are perfect, doesn't matter with them. They make you feel the music. That's an interesting point because I think that is what makes this album her best album and why it's better than all the ones that came after it. Because this album solidified her spot as Queen of Hip Hop Soul. So every album after that, there's more of a polish in her singing because now she's arrived. Right. She sounds more confident. She sounds more sure of herself. And so some of that 
rawness is now gone because she's here now whereas here it's not that she sounds unsure of herself but there's just this sort of rawness that you can't really recreate right and i think that's what makes this album so good is because it's so real yeah and listening to it you Mm -hmm. believe every word that she's saying she means all of this shit yeah there's nothing fake about it like "Eh, she didn't really do that no you you listen to it like you know what? This, this happened I have in my notes, I think at least three times, Mary is going through it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she is. Which we'll definitely get into. Okay, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. So this album, as I was saying, solidified her title as Queen of Hip Hop Soul because you get those hip hop beats, um, those hip hop samples, those hip hop features, but then you get that old soul with it with all of these samples from like... She has like a Marvin Gaye interlude. She's sampling, I think, Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. All sorts of R&B classic material right. from the 60s and early 70s. Yeah. So they did the little leave a message thing again. Yeah. It worked the first time. <laughs> yep. Let's do it again. So they did it again. And then the first song, Mary Jane, had an old school feel. And this is one of my favorite songs. It has such a smooth intro and she does that, ooh, baby, again. And I just I just love it. <laughs> yeah, the, it doesn't start with a bang. Like with the interlude and the first song, mm-hmm. you don't get prepared for what's coming no, after that. you so do it's, not. It's kind of like, oh, this is cool. It's okay. Yeah. But then the next song kicks in. It almost feels like she's telling a story and it's called my life yeah so you start off and it's a nice little love song like hey remember me yeah. i just did an album a couple yeah. years ago i'm back now there's a, a very uh heavy theme <laughs> as is. you progress through the album but it starts with the i don't want to fuss and fight let's just have a good time right. tonight it's smooth it's light and then joy is one of her few up-tempo songs that comes next and this is one of those songs that you can get up and dance and do those signature merry moves <laughs> yeah do a couple kicks with your thigh high boots on <laughs> Yeah, if you don't like this song, there's something wrong with you. You put the song on now, and I recommend that whoever's listening to this go out and do this. Play it in your car, play it in your headphones. (laughs) This song is going to change you spiritually, and you can just feel the bass when it's kicking. And just because of the sample, it's just really heavy and hard hitting. And then halfway through the song, the beat changes. And in the bridge, all the bass just drops out completely. She does her thing. And mm-hmm. then it comes back and kicks you in the ass one more time <laughs> on, on the way out of the door. Uh, yeah, this song is great. I would recommend if you haven't or haven't in a while is to listen to the album as is. And then listen to it with the commentary, yeah. which she released last yeah. year. So you can hear a little bit more behind what each song meant, which pretty much confirms what we knew anyways. Yeah. But again, this is another like subject matter is kind of like you bring me joy. I don't right. want to fuss and fight again. But by her having two songs now talking about how she doesn't want to fuss and fight. You see something's happening. Yeah, you here. see that, you know, what? maybe this relationship that she's talking about, we have a couple ups and downs. Yeah, it might be a little toxic here. <laughs> and then we hit the Marvin interlude. And this is where things start to turn a little bit. So we get a little interlude where she does the Marvin game. And then it goes into, I'm the only woman. 
she's talking about, oh, this is a man that she's fussing and fighting with. And she's trying to tell him, I'm the only woman you need. Yep. If you didn't already know, that man is Casey of Jodeci. Yes. Or if you <laughs> jumped on board later, Casey from Casey and Jojo. They're people who know them from different areas. Yeah. So this song is her basically telling this man, I'm the only woman you need. The song is moody. The it song is. sounds like heartbreak and rain. And as I explained to you yeah. like a year ago when yeah. we were talking about this song and we were debating the lyrics, whether mm-hmm. one line was said or if it was something else, I just remember hearing for the first time, don't be a fool like your daddy. <laughs> Like, what does his dad have to do with this? This is harsh. Like, don't be a fool like your daddy. What yeah. did he do? So the line is, don't be a fool like your daddy if you want to be happy. Right. So Miguel and I were discussing this and I said, I always thought she said, don't be a fool like you have been. Which now I hear it, it's a bit of a clumsy line, but the way I heard it was she's telling him to stop being a fool. Well, she is telling him she stop, is being stop being a fool, a fool. But stop being a fool like <laughs> your daddy was a fool. And then when we listened to the release with the commentary she confirmed that she what said yeah, don't be a fool like your daddy <laughs> which, <laughs> if you want to be happy and you want to hear something extra funny about this okay which you may or may not know already casey's brother jojo also of casey and jojo yes. or jodeci wrote this song with her yeah <laughs> That I knew. Okay, she is currently in a relationship with this man. Yes. She is writing a song with his brother, Mm -hmm. begging him to stay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not in the credits, but it sounds like he may even be singing some background vocals. Yeah. There is... It's um, possible because he's on a lot of these songs. Yeah, he's officially credited in some of the songs, but there are some where I swear I can hear him, but he's not officially credited. But I love this song something about that moody vibe again i was 15 at the time i had my first experience with a boy but first experience meaning uh we had awkward conversations on the phone for maybe two (laughs) months so the term boyfriend is extremely loose But it was just enough, though, (laughs) to make me sort of understand what heartbreak might feel like. (laughs) It was completely different. Completely different from what she was feeling. It was the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, but in my mind, I was like, oh, these no good men. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird because these songs are sad. And in a way, they are desperate in the sense that she's pretty much from here on basically begging this man to stay with her. Yes. But it doesn't sound like, you're a fool. Why are you so desperate? Like, you just you just feel bad for her. Yeah, it's a lot of pain. Yeah, it's a lot of pain, but you feel sympathy or you relate to her. You're yeah. just like, sometimes you just want to wallow. But at the same time, it sounds so nice that it doesn't necessarily make you feel like depressed. Right. Like you might feel, mel- I think melancholy that is the better be word. Yeah. Melancholy. Yeah. And the way she sings this one a little bit lower, like she starts off like, I can't sing. So maybe we'll just put a little clip in. But at yeah. the beginning of the song, she sings a little bit lower. And I think that helps with that sort of very moody, melancholy right. sound. With this song, we get a glimpse into the rest of the relationship (laughs) and not the you bring me joy. Now we are definitely in a valley. But we get a slight break after this with this interlude. At some point, somebody is going to have to release the high quality version, the full version of this. Because someone on a mixtape a couple years ago Mm -hmm. actually had, I think, two verses. But it's so terrible because... It was on a mixtape. It's mm-hmm. a terrible quality rip, yeah. and it just sounds terrible. So if anybody has the Keith Murray interlude or has access yes. to 
the bad boy vault, yes. actually the uptown vault, and can get their hands on this, please let it loose, please. How is it that my favorite Keith Murray song is not a real song <laughs> and only lasts 15 seconds? <laughs> So the interlude is about 20-ish seconds long. His verse is about 15 seconds. Yeah. But a lot of things that we may have forgotten about or that the younger people won't know is the sound that takes up the space at the end of the interlude. So the way the interlude is, you hear it as if you're listening to a song in a car or yeah. something. So we have Keith Murray's uh, verse is playing and then Diddy says, put some of that smooth shit on. Yeah. And then you hear this click-click sound <laughs> and then Mary comes on. That click-click for us? Is extremely familiar. Yeah. You know what that sound is? It's either a CD changer mm -hmm. or a cassette being switched. Mm -hmm. One of the two. It sounds like a CD changer. Yeah. And, you know, back in those days, you were pretty fancy if you had a CD changer either in your car or at home where you could listen to more than one CD without yep. taking it in and out. This is a, a nostalgic sound. It is. <laughs> and I'm going to do a, a little sidebar myself here. Okay. So I'm going to set the scene for everybody who's listening. All right. When this album came out, I was 19, 19 years old. I had just gotten my first car. It was a dusty red Toyota Corolla. <laughs> and when I say the car was ashy, like literally when I washed it, it would shine. And then when, <laughs> when it dried, it went from like shiny to matte finish. But I had a six disc changer and two 15s in the trunk, 400 watt amp probably. I'll pretend I know what that means. Detachable face <laughs> okay, radio. That, that I know. So you had to take with you because yep. you don't want someone to steal it. So this was the soundtrack <laughs> to probably that whole year. And I'm riding around in this bucket. The sound system was probably worth more than the car. And this is what I was listening to was the My Life album. Mm. So when that happens, yeah. that was me switching from mm -hmm. What's the 411 to this album probably. And if anyone out there wants to hear the interlude, but in a fuller version without Keith Murray, it's Who Shot You by Biggie. So I read somewhere that the reason why Keith Murray was on this interlude is because Diddy didn't want to use Biggie's Who Shot You because he didn't want her to have the explicit yeah. label. But then in the commentary version, Mary said that Diddy just brought him in to do the interlude. So I don't know why exactly he was brought in, but I just know that this needs to be an actual single because yeah, I need it. needs to release it. Release the hounds, man. <laughs> it's a very... <laughs> hip-hop hip-hop type song too it is he actually said catch this wordage bubonic plague in your head <laughs> chest back arms and legs and then you got that classic we get a little bit of break from the heartbreak yeah and then we jump right back into it yeah we go from <laughs> okay we're having a little bit of fun here to pain put on some of that smooth shit ends up being put on some of this Horrible shit. Painful shit. Not horrible. Yeah, yeah painful. <laughs> so the next track is My Life, the title track. Yep. And Mary is going she through is. it. If you look into my life, you see what I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> so this song isn't even just about Casey. This is no, just her just... melancholy, just thinking about all the shit she's been through. Like, just I'm in fucking general. depressed. Yeah. And I've been through a lot. And so we get that. And then we, we're going to keep going down this route. The next song. Gotta believe. But before we go on, oh, okay. I'm gonna say this is another comparison that I'm gonna throw out there. I'm not really spiritual or a church going person, right. but my life, the song sounds like a gospel record. It feels yeah. like a gospel record. I see what you're saying. Like, I'm just giving you my testimony. Yeah. And if you 
like it, cool. If you don't like it, cool. But this is what it is. Because like I said earlier, with the comparison with Tupac, you just feel everything that she's singing on this album. Mm-hmm. So I think this one is a gospel record. An unofficial gospel. It's a hip-hop gospel <laughs> okay. record. And just because the sample is, uh, what's the song? Everybody Loves the Sunshine. Right. By Roy Ayers. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> you have this song that's happy and jolly, but the way they slowed it down, <laughs> yeah. it's like the saddest shit you've ever heard. But I love it. It's slowed down, but you can still hear that that everybody loves the sunshine yeah. in it still, though. So I think the clever way they use these samples is what keeps it from being all the way depressing yeah. and, and just being more, as I said, melancholy, but also just really reflective. Yeah. It also makes you sort of feel like you're just sitting around thinking about what should I do next? What should I do now? Contemplative. Right. And not all the way depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like it's a rainy day. Yeah. It's a gloomy rainy day. But sometimes it's nice to hear the raindrops. Right. Right. So we're going to keep going with this theme with the next song. Oh, this song. Gotta believe. So in the commentary, which I mean, you can already tell through the song anyways, she says that she's basically begging this person to see her. This person as in Casey. Casey. (laughs) And not only is he actively singing background in this song and he's actually credited after she's singing about you gotta believe in me why can't you see he comes in and he says mary i hear you loud and clear (laughs) you lying ass (laughs) you gonna come on this song where she's begging you to see her and to hear her and you tell her you do but she's gonna go through it for another six seven songs <laughs> mary i hear you i understand what you're i going hear through. you loud and clear but there's eight more songs after this where obviously you don't you are not hearing her casey at all <laughs> but they sound really good together they because do. he also has that old soul churchy gospel-y kind of song, right. uh, voice and singing style as well. So they sound really good together. We're going to keep going. Next song. I never want to live without you. <laughs> now, <laughs> we've talked about this. We all know what Casey looks like. He's a little dude. He's <laughs> a little bird chest. 130 pounds soaking yeah. wet and wearing boots. Yeah. There's yeah. a shoe for every foot. Yes. But Mary J. Blige <laughs> in 1994 could have done a lot better than Casey Haley. I mean, we, we're sort of just judging by how he looks or whatever. Yeah, he might be a great person. But his bandmates were Devontae and Dalvin, who were like, <laughs> you know, if you were around in the 90s. The, okay, all these football players and basketball players named Devontae right now. They're named Devontae. They named Devontae because they were conceived <laughs> most likely to a Jodeci album. Yeah. <laughs> There were no Devontes before Jodeci. No, I am pretty confident. To I say that. didn't know of any. So, anyways, he was really putting her through the ringer, though. He was. <laughs> I'm just listening to this and it's like, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we get into I Never Want to Live Without You, which is basically the same thing. A lot of the songs is her saying, I want to be with you. Yeah. Not, you need to straighten up and act right. Yeah. There's a little bit of that, but most not, of it. Not a lot. Most of it is tell me what I need to do for you to stay. Yeah. <laughs> right. You feel that she's really trying to hold on. Right. So we get that. And then, oh boy, going down is the next song. <laughs> I'm going down. This is a classic. Another remake. Yep. But it fits with the album, even yeah. if it's not an original song. So this was uh, one of the album singles. This is a fan favorite. 
And the video is also very iconic. There's a bunch of Marys going down the stairs, swinging back and forth. <laughs> I don't remember the video at you all. You look it up. So things kind of lighten up a little bit in the next song. I mean, the themes are still the same. The next song is called Be With You. And it's still I Want to Be With You, Please Stay kind of theme. But I think the sound of the beat, it's a little bit more up-tempo. Yeah, whereas it's a little one, lighter. Yeah. So this one is one of my favorite songs on the album. But the next song... Mary's Joint. This is my favorite song on the album and my favorite Mary song. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in the commentary, she said both her and Diddy were going through it at the time. (laughs) (laughs) So they wrote the song together and she was like, he's going through some stuff. I'm going through some stuff. (laughs) We put it all together and came up with a song. (laughs) So this one, I love it so much. It still has that sort of melancholy feel, but this one has this nice little hip-hop beat. You know, you'll nod your head to it and sing your heart out at the same time. (laughs) Like, this is quintessential hip-hop soul (laughs) that she is known for. And the thing that made me realize on this listen how much she was going through it. Let me tell you about the three layers of sadness. Okay. Okay, three layers of sadness. <laughs> all right, all I'm right? ready for this. Okay, so there's two layers of vocals layered on top of each other, right. and then she does some ad-libs on it. So before I get to that, the song starts off, it kind of sounds like a love song at right. the beginning, and then it takes you on a journey. So the beginning of the song, she says, I know that you're just a man, but you're all the man I need. And I know that you care and you'll never leave. Okay, that sounds nice, right? By the second verse, she says... You promised you would never cheat or lie. Unnecessary pain. (laughs) Okay? And then we go to the chorus and the bridge. And then she starts with, I'll try to stay. I want to stay. I'll try to wait. (laughs) Then this is where we get the three layers. So one layer, she says, why can't we work it out, my baby? Can't we try? You said our love would always stand the test of time. So while this is going on, there's another layer on top where she's singing, I love you so, I can't let go. You know it's real the way I feel. So these two lines are layered on top of each other. And while these two layers are going on, she's ad-libbing on top of it saying, I want to know why. I need (laughs) to know why. Why can't we work it out? And she's singing the ad-libs really low and sad. I'm like, This woman had three (laughs) layers of why can't we work this out? This man put her through three layers of pain. (laughs) Oh, man. I listened to this like four times in a row because I wanted to jot down exactly what I was hearing. Right. And really, for the first time in a long time, really actively listening to it. Because these days, a lot of times when I put on music, it's usually while I'm doing something else. Yeah. And so I would listen to it, write my notes and be like, I need to hear this again. (laughs) But when I finally came to that realization that she had these three layers, you got to listen to it again and think about these three layers (laughs) I'm going to do it as soon as other. we're done recording. Because I was it. like, so my notes I have in caps. Mary was going through it. <laughs> <laughs> so the next song is Don't Go. Again, <laughs> sounding like <laughs> everything else. You can definitely feel the emotion and the desperation of a yeah. toxic relationship. This sounds like a toxic relationship. to say, don't go, don't yeah. go, don't go. I love you so. And then the next song is I love you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, don't go. I love you. Yep. <laughs> I Love You is also another great example of her mixing the hip-hop sounds that was current at the time (laughs) with the old-school ballads. This one, you get a nice little more of an up-tempo beat, even though she's still 
going through it. And then we get to the second last song, No One Else. Not gonna lie, Dalvin didn't do much in Jodeci outside mm-hmm. of production. Like, he barely sang. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any dancing. He was there, but he put his foot into this beat. He did. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, Dalvin did this yeah, song. Sure okay. <laughs> he sure did. Yeah, this is this is a jam. It is. And this was also written by her and Casey again. <laughs> it's like, what? How are you going to help me write a song about how much you're breaking my heart? <laughs> <laughs> Like Dalvin produced it. All of them are on background mm-hmm. vocals. Well, we bring up the term gaslight boy all the time <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Casey's a gaslight boy. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm going to help you make these songs that are about me. Yeah. And pretend that I don't know these songs are about me. <laughs> but he- did he pretend, though? I feel like if he's if he's really putting her through the ringer like that, he he knows he's. I don't think he's well. He knew, but he didn't care. I think he promised her that he would be better. Yeah, again, <laughs> gaslight boy. Yep. <laughs> and then the album ends with "Be Happy" because that's all she wants to be happy. But she deserves it. <laughs> you listen to the intro all the way to no one else, and she's not getting through to Casey or the unnamed person that she kept talking about in the commentary yeah. since she wouldn't name him. But then you get to be happy and it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And if that means I got to be by myself, then I'm going to be by myself. That's the way I read it yeah. is this entire album is her begging for this man to come around. And right. then he doesn't. And she's like, all right, I see what's going on here. It's yeah. time for me to move. I'm moving on. <laughs> And I'm going to be all right, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect setup for the next album, which is Share My World. Just listening to it, it sounds a lot like a person who has gotten out of a toxic relationship yeah. and is trying to get her shit together. I don't know what the timeline is, but after Casey, she dated Case and ended up in another not so great relationship yeah. with him. I'm going to go out on a limb and say during the time of this album. Yeah, she let him go too. I don't know if she had let him go or maybe they weren't together. Yeah. But this sounds like a single woman. This sounds like somebody who has found out who she is Mm -hmm. and is like letting the world know. Yeah. Like she still has the heartbreak songs and whatnot, but there is some of that melancholy sounds. Yeah. It's it's not you did this. Yeah. It's more of just general. Yeah. I'm unhappy with whatever's going on in my life right now. Yeah, it's not as specific. <laughs> yeah. I'm begging you. Yeah. No, it's just general. I need some love. So this album, No More Diddy. No. It was a lot of Trackmasters, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, and uh, Babyface and Rodney Jerkins. He who will not be named. Yes, the nigga who shall not be named. Mm. And that song is a banger, too. I mean, this was a no-skip album until he <laughs> had to go and ruin it. <laughs> yeah. Even though she's not working with Diddy on this album, the sound is still basically the same in a sense that she's still carrying on that R&B hip-hop relationship. It's a lot more polished, and it's... She sounds seasoned now. Yeah, she sounds seasoned and the world knows who she is. Right. She knows that we know who she is. Like, she's arrived. Yeah. (laughs) And when we were in the car the other day, just talking about this album and whatnot, and this analogy came to me, it probably won't make much sense to you. But if there's anybody out here who's a basketball fan and was a basketball fan in the 90s, this will make sense. All right. So Mary's Run 
from What's the 411 to Share My World is basically like the Chicago Bulls second three-peat okay. when Jordan came back from retirement the first time. What's the 411? So kicked it off. You got the peak in the middle, and then you watch the last dance with me. So Share My World would be the last dance okay. where they couldn't be touched. Nobody was better than them, and everything that they did was just amazing i say that because the song with her and lil kim they were on that song like jordan and pippen that one is a classic yes <laughs> they were like jordan and pippen <laughs> on that song okay and I, when i was okay. sitting in the car and said 72 and 10 write this down send me a text right now this is yeah. why yes? i was putting okay. it all together the only difference is my life would have been before what's the 411 to make this Chicago Bulls analogy perfect. But, you know, it's my analogy, so I'm going to okay. do it the way I want. Because the first <laughs> season of the three-peat was the most wins that they had, 95 and 96. But this was the second one. Almost a perfect analogy, but I think it's brilliant. <laughs> well, I can't argue with you because I don't watch basketball like that. But I do get the Jordan and Pippen <laughs> reference, though, at least. This was a great feature for yeah. to have Lil' Kim on. And I'm not a big Lil' Kim fan, but the one song of hers that I do love is <laughs> Queen Bitch. And that's what this song right. samples. And it's not in the credits, but Biggie wrote this verse. You cannot convince me he, that he it, did not write this. It sounds like Biggie. Dipping on your ninja Honda with Tanisha and Ronda. Yes. That's Biggie. And I don't care what anybody says. He wrote this verse. So he's the Pippin in this situation yeah. and Mary's the Jordan. But I'll let Lil' Kim get she in. She still it. had to deliver it, though. Yeah. <laughs> she served it. Because if it was him, it wouldn't have been bad. But no, it this, wouldn't have been This had this. to be Lil' Kim, though. Yeah. This is like the perfect match. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you know, you hear some lyrics when you're young or younger and you don't really think about it too much. But There's you hear a lot them. of that. Yeah. So in Love is All We Need, your boy Nas oh boy. is on it. Now it boggles my mind how domestic violence is just so casual. Oh, the cheating on you and yeah, beating on I'm you? I'm not the one cheating on you or beating on you. <laughs> like i know they rhyme but this shouldn't be so casual <laughs> and uh i instantly went to shantae's got a man it's so bad why are you rubbing it in your friend's face that their men ain't shit and yours is the best and they're possibly beating on you yes. and she goes what does she say shantae's got a man at home said something about your man is beating on you cheating on you I was like, how can you tell your friend your man's beating on you and cheating on you but i got my man at home yeah. What kind of friend is this? Sorry for you. And in the video, she's hanging out with her girlfriends. And then her man comes to pick her up. And she's like, gotta go, bye. Yeah, don't get punched in the yeah. face. Talking about their men who are beating on them. And then your <laughs> friend is like, bye, my man doesn't beat me. <laughs> How did we miss that? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. It's another sidebar. But the song Love is All We Need this is also another signature Mary Uptemple song. Like, this is definitely a song that you're going to be wearing your thigh-high boots. Yep. You're going to be kicking. Kicking to the left and to the right. You're going to be doing your auntie dance because <laughs> this is the age group that she's starting to get into at this point, <laughs> I think. Was she... No, I don't think she really was yet. She wasn't yet, but yeah. I always like to tell you that she's always no. been auntie late. <laughs> yeah. Even when she was young. Can you imagine what her boot and wig closet looks like? She probably got a whole separate house. <laughs> Technically, as we were saying, this is a no-skip album, but we got to skip that next song because we can't listen to it anymore. Oh, no, you missed one. Actually, you missed a couple of them. Round and Round, oh, Share yes, My yes. World, Seven Days. So Seven Days is quite a story. It is. And we've had debate <laughs> over this song 
more than once. <laughs> yes, she tells us the sequence of events, but I feel like there's still a lot up for interpretation. There is, because <laughs> at the very end of the song, she says that on Monday we made love. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the song, it seems as if it may have happened on Tuesday or it possibly happened on Saturday. I meant but to at the end of the yeah. song, Monday was the first time and Saturday was the second time. I'm going to pull up the lyrics right now. Okay. Okay, so this is seven days. All right, so I'm going to skip the verse. I want to go to, okay. So here is the sequence of events. All right, now remember, we're trying to determine whether they first- When did they cross the line? Yeah, was it Monday? Mm-hmm. Was it Tuesday or was it Saturday? Okay, so Monday, a friend of mine. Right. Tuesday, we played a game. Right. She don't say what kind of game. Exactly. Wednesday, you went away. Yep, so business did, trip. So did he go away because they played a game? Or did he just go away because it was time to go away? Right. Thursday, things weren't the same. Mm-hmm. On Friday, you came back. Yep. I wanted to kiss you. I wanted to kiss you on Saturday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, we made love. Now, what are we going to do? Yeah. So I think that they initially made love on Tuesday when they were playing a game or at least kissed or something. But I think the line was crossed on Tuesday. That's what I always thought. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the song, she specifically says Monday in the ad libs. I don't know if it's in the lyrics, but in the ad libs, she says Monday. Is there a chance she made a mistake when she was ad libbing? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) Because so I'm going to repeat. Monday, a friend of mine. Tuesday, we played a game. Mm -hmm. Wednesday, you went away. Thursday, things weren't the same. On Friday, you came back. I wanted to kiss you on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But Sunday. We made love. Mm -hmm. So was it once or twice? Was it Tuesday and Sunday? (laughs) Was it Monday and Sunday? Yeah, because something happened on Tuesday for sure. Yeah, what it was, we'll never know. (laughs) But according to Mary, at the end of the song, it was Monday. I'm going to have to go back and listen to the ad libs. Yeah, it's at the very end of the song as it's fading out. She mentions something about making love on Monday. We just spent three minutes going through whether or not it was Tuesday or Sunday. And, and now you throw, throw in Monday, Monday in the mix. Maybe it was the following Monday. Maybe. So I don't now know. it's Sunday and Monday they yeah, love. The following Monday. Who knows? I don't know. I'm confused. All right. So what's next? What's That's next? when the nigga who shall not be uh, named yes. is in. So we can just breeze right past Uh, that one. Why did he have to be like this? If there are those of you who are still listening to that guy in 2021, feel free to listen to this song and think of me when you do it. Because I love this (laughs) song, but I just can't listen to it anymore. Let's go back to Mary. So what song's after? There's the Thank You Lord interlude. So we can just blow past that. And then the next one is Missing You. Missing You. Was this the baby face song? It is. Okay. And I'm not a fan of that song. (laughs) Because, you know, I'm not a real fan of music done by L.A. and Babyface Mm -hmm. outside of the Bobby Brown album. So it's really unfortunate to have this Babyface song be followed up by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis with everything. Everything. That's just unfair. Is my favorite song off of this album. Yeah, me too. And it's unfortunate that Mm -hmm. those two songs had to go back to back (laughs) because Babyface didn't deserve to be put in that position. (laughs) This 
song, I don't want to say saved the album because it's not like the album was bad. No. But this song gave me the feelings that I had listening to My Life. Yeah, like, this song would actually fit in on the My Life yeah. album. If Casey could act right and she yeah. was, could be happy, <laughs> she, she might w- sing everything to if him. If she were happy at the time, <laughs> this song would have ended my life rather than I want to be happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he could have gotten his shit together, that could have been the closer to my life. Right. That song is like clear winner off of this album. It's everything. Oh, I love that song. Love, love, love. Yeah. It's followed up closely for me by I Can Love You. Those two are neck and neck for me. I like I Can Love You. That's definitely one of my favorite songs off this album, too. But I think I like that more as like it's more fun to me, whereas everything is more emotional to me, if that makes sense. I got you. And then Not Gonna Cry? No, that's the last song. There's four other songs in between. We don't have to talk about them if you don't want to. The only album where I went in order with my notes was My Life. And I just have random (laughs) notes for the rest. Just jump right ahead to Not Gonna Cry. It's another song by Babyface. Again, not really feeling it. (laughs) The only thing I like about it is her saying secretary (laughs) (laughs) so this was also on the waiting to exhale soundtrack hence the secretary (laughs) because in waiting to exhale angela bassett's character her no good husband leaves her for his white secretary secretary (laughs) that's the only reason i like the song is her pronunciation of secretary otherwise i'm not a fan you're not a fan but this song is still a classic this is the song that you know if she's performing it she don't have to sing because everyone else will (laughs) exactly (laughs) So, shall we move on to the next album? Yes, we can. So, it's 1999 now. It is. Her next album is just simply Mary. So, we said that Share My World basically solidified her spot. Right. But I feel like the Mary album is the album that solidified her place in mainstream culture. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that people who aren't real deep into R&B and hip hop, Mm -hmm. this is probably where they jumped on board. Just because of the features that she has on the album. She's got like Lauren Hill, Elton John, Aretha Franklin, Mm -hmm. Eric Clapton, of all people. So it's a lot more mainstream. And that's basically where she got the popularity outside of hip hop and R&B circles. Like it's still a good album. It is. But it's not one that I really go out of my way to listen to. No, I Um, probably until this week haven't listened to it since it came out. And just like when I was comparing the first three albums to the Chicago Bulls three-peat, this would be the the year that Michael Jordan retired for the second time. (laughs) The songs are okay. There's only one song that I really like, and that's uh, Deep Inside with Elton John, just because of the Benny and the Jets sample. I like all that I can say. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but (laughs) it really doesn't do anything for me. But I really like the Benny and the Jet sample. Casey comes back. (laughs) There's a song she has with now ex. I'm thinking they're exes at this point. Yeah, they're long done at this (laughs) point. The song's called Not Looking. Specifically for you. Yeah, and the hilarious thing is at the end of the song, she goes, and I know you're sorry. And that's how it ends. (laughs) 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 <laughs> she was waiting a couple years to get that one off. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is a bad album, but if I'm in the mood to listen to some Mary, I'm not going to put this one on. Yeah. The next one, let's move on to that. Right. No more drama. No more drama. <laughs> this one, similar to the last album, the yeah. Mary album, there's one or two songs that mm-hmm. I like on here, obviously. 
family affair. No hateration. Holleration no in this dancery. dancery. Like, <laughs> come on. You can't beat that. That beat too. <laughs> hey, you, you throw Dre in some R&B records yeah. and you're going to get some magic. Like, Dre's out here making Gwen Stefani sound dope. Which is quite a departure from her No Doubt days. It is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I like that one and the one with uh, Pharrell and Malice mm-hmm. right after that, Steal Away. But after that, I'm not really too big on this album. There's a couple songs that I like, Flying Away, I like Never Been, which is not available for streaming. Yeah. So I guess some songs just don't get cleared. Yeah, for, probably sample issues Yeah, or so I like it, but again, like the last album, it's not a bad album, but it's not. Of it's course, not the three-peat. Yeah. And of course, how can we forget the title track, No More Drama, though? Yeah. Like, people love that song. Like, With the sample from the... Day, what, is what it Days it? of Our Lives? Days of Our Lives or Young and the Restless, one of these soap operas. Yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, <laughs> I, I get it makes perfect sense at the same time because the song is No More Drama right. and soap operas is nothing but drama. But for me, I think it was a little too much, a little too <laughs> on the nose. But it is a fan favorite, though. Yeah. And I understand why it's a fan favorite, even if it isn't mine. Right. <laughs> So Love and Life, this one, most of the songs aren't available for streaming. Which is weird. Yeah, like two thirds of the album. Yeah, you can listen to like three songs on the album. As we said a hundred million times, we have copies of this in storage. Yeah. (laughs) But we're lazy. And so (laughs) most of the songs are available on YouTube. Had to hit up old YouTube, but by going to YouTube, we were able to see the videos for the song. And if you want to see Mary in full auntie mode, (laughs) the love at first sight video yes. oh man you got some classic mary <laughs> dance moves popping in it you and, got classic mary and classic diddy dance yeah. moves and this is not uh, my favorite song but it hooked me in with that hot sex on the platter sample yeah and then she brought method man back so it's not you're all i need to get by but the combination of that sample and just her and method make a great duet as yeah. well i love the song more for nostalgia yeah pretty um, much it takes you back to <laughs> the what's the four one one day yeah so it's just a little bit updated i liked not today with eve when she was still rapping and not a socialite (laughs) a billionaire socialite (laughs) again you get she was still a pit bull in a skirt yeah you get dre giving you some r&b stuff again magic happens there's a couple other ones I like. It's a rap, All My Love, Willing and Waiting also brings back some of that like old school uh, soul R&B vibe. Yeah. So this album I actually like better than uh, the previous two, No More Drama in Mary. Yeah, same. So then we get The Breakthrough, 2005, and this is where her alter ego... <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> Not Brooklyn. Brooke, Brooke Lynn, Lynn. <laughs> is her rapper alter ego. <laughs> yeah. And something I was thinking about when listening to What's the 411 is how long was that Brooklyn persona being put yeah. together? Because in it was that, always there, I think, because yeah. she does do a little bit of rapping in the What's the 411. Yeah, but mm-hmm. there was no Brooklyn. Yeah. wasn't a thing. Or was it? If you listen to Real Love on What's the 411, when you get to the bridge, the sample is Go Brooklyn, Go Brooklyn, Go Brooklyn. So was this something they were planning on doing 10 years before and just never got around to it? Nah, I don't. Because why would you choose that sample? She's not from Brooklyn. She's from Yonkers. So why are they chanting you Go know what? Brooklyn? I think I read something that she was born in Brooklyn or she something. was born in the Bronx, I believe, and then moved down south and then back to Yonkers. Okay. But there's no Brooklyn connection okay. other than her calling herself Brooklyn down the line. So was that a plan that just never came to be? I don't know. 
Me neither. (laughs) That's just my mind running away with me again and me making stuff up as I tend to do on this podcast. And should we put it out in the universe that someday we'll be able to ask her? (laughs) Yeah, I would like to personally ask her if that was a plan or if someone knows and can confirm, let me know. But that's just (laughs) another Miguel conspiracy theory that I'm putting together that Brooklyn, the rapper character was formed 10 years before. Oh, what's the 411? Or maybe they were listening to that song and she was like, I'm going to call myself Brooklyn. It's probably (laughs) more likely that. Uh, So you got Brooklyn on that song Mm -hmm. and also on the Busta Rhymes Touch It remix. Mm -hmm. Some more quality viewing if you want something (laughs) to look at. Big hair. There's definitely a line between Mary and Brooklyn on this song (laughs) and you get to see both of them. And it's hilarious. And also Papoose is in the video. And I was like, why the hell is Ronnie DeVoe on this song when I first saw him? And then he starts rapping. It's like, oh, that's Papoose. Because they show up really quickly at yeah. the beginning of the video. I was like, this makes no sense. Like, the rest of them make sense. Why is Ronnie DeVoe here? But it wasn't him. Case of mistaken identity. Yeah. So maybe it was Papoose in the gun shop. No, that was definitely Ronnie <laughs> okay. DeVoe. So last year when the lockdown was just beginning there was a picture circulating around twitter of people <laughs> stocking up on guns and who's in the shop Ronnie DeVoe. <laughs> that was definitely <laughs> him it wasn't papu all right so back to the breakthrough okay she's got her usual rapper cameos as we've come to expect because she's still the queen of hip-hop soul she's got some jay-z will i am the mjb song they're using the g-unit hated to love it sample yeah. and then we get one with you two for the other audience yes for her mainstream fans (laughs) and then we get be without you which is that classic mary hit and this is the one one. billboard named this song as the most successful song of all time in r&b and hip-hop oh okay i I saw that on something (laughs) i did not write down my source (laughs) it was on the charts for over a year which is a long time i knew it was popular but i didn't realize it was her most successful song i wouldn't have guessed it It is a great song unfortunately on the album it says be without you can do mix (laughs) and we have some questions about how much her now ex-husband slash manager slash alleged sound engineer or well, had to do with this <laughs> you know my theory is yeah. that it was recorded at home and home <laughs> studio there's only the two of them there he pushed a couple buttons yes yeah. he's got credits now exactly um there's a couple other songs that i like on this album too there's uh, this song baggage can't get enough alone again i think at this point i've realized that the my life era is done yeah that's long gone. this is world-renowned mary j yeah. got now I like the album, but pretty much this is where I stopped buying her CDs. And plus, okay. this is 2005. We were not really buying CDs as often anymore. Like, right. 2005, we're starting to download Napster downloads. <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting my years right, but digital was becoming a thing yeah. if it wasn't already. But this was the last physical CD that I bought of hers. Yeah, I don't have the CD. I just had the singles. I had Love at First Sight and a couple others. But I didn't ever have the album. Oh, Love at First Sight is the previous album. Oh, see? Yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. I tapped out before this. Yeah. And then the next album is probably the last one I'm going to cover because I don't know anything after this. I definitely don't know anything The only about thing it. I know on this one is so Growing Pains 2006 is fine. 
Oh, you know the song. Yeah. Fine, this one fine, I do fine, know, fine, and fine, not fine. because I listened to the song or anything, but when the album was out, mm-hmm. she was performing on the Today Show one morning, <laughs> and David Gregory, who was a Today Show anchor at the time, he's like 6'6". Six, six. He's very tall and very thin. He's tall. And lanky. Middle-aged white guy <laughs> who you would not expect to be dancing his ass off he to Just Fine by Mary J. Blige. his life. This was his moment. And he's just off to the side, just going for it. It was so crazy that they had to pull back with the camera. Yes. So you could see him. While she's performing. You can see him over on the wings, just grooving his ass off. There's just one time where he spins around and his suit jacket goes up in the air. (laughs) And she looks over and sees him and they're both just having a moment. And the fact that he was off to the side, this was for himself. He was not doing this for the camera at all. He wasn't even in a lit area. No. A little bit dark (laughs) because, well, she was performing. (laughs) And the, they made the production choice to say, hey, we need to get this. We need to have David out here on camera <laughs> dancing along to Mary J. Blige. Yeah, that's probably the last thing I remember, yeah. like, really consuming in terms of music. Like, you would hear the odd single here and there, and I wouldn't say, hey, that song sucks. Everything has been pretty good and consistent up yeah. to this point, even up through what you say her last album was 2017. Yeah. So there wasn't like a fall off or anything. Mm-hmm. I just stopped listening for whatever reason. I pretty much stopped after this album. I think part of it to digital just kind of, it changed how we listen to music. I would maybe look her up on whatever streaming service. I'm trying to find, you know, an album I want to listen to. Right. And I'll be like, oh, what's this? So it wasn't a conscious decision like, oh, I don't like Mary anymore. I yeah. just didn't know that she even had newer music out yeah. too. And then when I did see it, I would listen to it, but just like, eh, no reason in particular. Yeah, I don't have a real reason for it. Yeah, like I'm not like, oh, she fell off. I just listen to listen to that old shit. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I like what I like. Yeah. Let's talk about her transition into acting now. Now that she's doing stuff in movies and television. The first thing I remember ever seeing her in was this BET movie from like 25 years ago. It was (laughs) way back in the day. Prison Song, where she played Q-Tip's mom. 2001. I have it written down. Uh, It's not a great movie. And she's not in it very much. Yeah. But she plays his mom before he ends up going to prison or whatever. As far as I can remember, because it's been so long since I've seen it, but it's one of those things that's always on BET, so you might see it tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, But she plays his mom. She has some sort of psychotic episode where she ends up getting committed and sent away for a while. Mm -hmm. He ends up falling into some situation with him and Fat Joe where he accidentally (laughs) pushed him onto a subway track and killed him. And he went to prison for it and... There you have it. Okay. Again, it's not a very good movie, but that's the first thing I saw her acting in. Mm -hmm. And then everything, like you said, she's typically playing herself in a lot of things. But more recently, she's gotten into actual scripted dramas and Mm -hmm. movies and TV shows. So she's leaning towards more of the acting thing than the music right now. Uh-huh. Like you mentioned in the opening, what was it, two years ago, she was nominated for an Academy Award? Yeah, for Mudbound. For Mudbound. Uh, right Two now. Academy Awards. Yes. <laughs> well, one for acting. Yeah, one for acting. Yeah. yeah, so she got in the nomination. I remember seeing that list and I was like, wait a minute. Is that the same Mary J. Blige? <laughs> so I thought yeah. that maybe the list was mixed up with music or something. Mm-hmm. And she a song was nominated. Mm-hmm. And then I looked through and was like, no, this is for acting. I was shocked to see that. But 
I still didn't watch the movie until a couple days ago. Yeah, she tricked us into watching some recreational sex. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard watch. It is. She plays Jason Mitchell's mom in it. It's set in the 1940s, mm-hmm. and they're basically a family of sharecroppers living on the property of these old racist white people. <laughs> Jim Crow South. Yeah, so there's a lot going on in the movie, but yeah. she played a nurse farmer midwife wife mother mother (laughs) all in this movie and if you want to check it out do it but if you don't really want to be depressed and angry don't watch it i thought it was a good movie it's a good movie but there's no joy in it yeah like i would not have wanted to watch 1940s racism (laughs) no but it is a good movie it is also she was on this netflix show called the umbrella academy where she's playing like a time traveling bounty hunter (laughs) yeah she's pretty funny in this yeah you haven't seen this yet, but there is a, a Mary J. Dance scene. <gasps> <laughs> of course. It's not her usual bop and kick, okay. bop and kick, but yeah. she does dance in this show. Yeah, I've only watched two episodes. I kind of wish I put my energy into this show instead of Mudbound, but hey, research, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this one's, it's a fantasy. Yeah, it's a so. comic book and it's funny. It's mm-hmm. what you would call a popcorn movie, but it's a TV show. Like I said, she does have a major role where she's playing this time-traveling bounty hunter. So yeah, it's a fantasy show, so it's a nice break from reality. So we watched another one last night where she's actually the lead in this Mm -hmm. film called Body Cam. It's a supernatural thriller, and she's playing a police officer whose son dies tragically in a pool accident, and she's dealing with the stresses and repercussions from that. People think she's crazy, Mm. and crooked cops, and Mm -hmm. ghosts, and all sorts (laughs) of weird stuff happening. The thing that made me say, you know what, I will will give this a try, was to see her in a lead role, and then you said there was some paranormal aspect to it, so I thought, okay, maybe this will be entertaining. But Uh, not every horror movie is going to be Get Out or Us. Some people can do horror. (laughs) Others, it's straight to DVD. And this is one of those. I think she did well with what she had to work with. But the plot was really shaky. The issue with this is because it is horror and supernatural stuff happening. Mm -hmm. When you do that kind of stuff, it has to be written really well. Whereas this one was kind of sloppy. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. That's how I see it. (laughs) But if you want to check it out, it's on Prime, Amazon Prime. So we've talked about her music. Mm -hmm. We've talked about her impact, her impact Mm -hmm. on the culture, the movies and TV shows that she's done in the past couple years. Oh, I forgot to mention she's in the power. Yeah, power book two. And I know people love that show. Oh, uh, Lawrence Tate is on there, Lawrence too. Lawrence Tate, which we mentioned the last episode, is in it. Method Man is in it as well. So a lot of people that we've mentioned over the past couple episodes are in it. Uh, she's also playing the singer Dinah Washington in the Aretha Franklin movie that's coming mm. out. I'm not sure when, but sometime this year. I think mm-hmm. it's November, December. So she's in that as well i'm not really sure what else she's getting up to other than real love being played in target (laughs) commercials now so that's interesting (laughs) i started watching uh, a recent interview she did with willie geist and she mentioned she's working on an album we should expect something soon ish she's like i'm not giving you a date but she's actively (laughs) working on an album all right you can look out for that oh and she's also um she's selling wine okay and jewelry all right (laughs) Hoops, of course. Well, duh. Door knockers. Yeah. 
Can you, you know. get your name on them, though? I don't think so. That's where the money yeah, is. Yeah, so she's venturing into other things. Okay. It seems. <laughs> all right, so that's all I have for Miss Mary Jane Blige. And before we get out of here, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy the fact that her name is Mary Jane. <laughs> you know what? She's always just been Mary J. Blige to me, and I never even thought about what the J is. Well, moving forward, I'm going to refer to her as Marijuana Blige. All right. <laughs> that's her new name moving forward in terms of me talking about mm. it it's gonna be marijuana blige okay that's all i have anything mm. on your side over there one thing i would like to recommend for the 2019 bet awards they gave her the lifetime achievement okay so she performed a 20 minute medley okay i might have to check this out myself it is an amazing performance because she does all her hits the ballads and the up temples she does outfit changes we get a little Method Man and Little Kim cameo as a treat. Of course. It's on YouTube. So the clip of the actual performance, you don't see my other absolute fave. Rihanna is the one who actually presents the award to her. So all of the faves in one spot. And it's just a great performance seeing her now right. performing all this stuff. And, you know, the classic Mary moves. <laughs> a lot of kicking and bouncing. Definitely. And the whole room is going, go Mary, go Mary, (laughs) go Mary. So it is, it's a great performance to understand her career and her impact. Okay. The recommendation I'm going to give then uh, is not going to be the usual recommendation, the what's the 411, my life, all that stuff that we talked about earlier. I'm going to go with the Umbrella Academy because it's a Mary J. Blige that we don't get to see all the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary J. Blige is toting a gun and tracking people (laughs) down and shooting things up while wearing a puppy mask. (laughs) (laughs) And you get to see her, quote unquote, fighting. But we all know that it's not Mary in this wig (laughs) or in this mask. Yeah. Because there's flips and she looks like a ninja, basically. (laughs) I'm convinced that when she runs around the corner, that's Mm -hmm. her. And she gets stabbed in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to see Mary outside of her comfort zone and unlike anything we've ever seen her in before, check out Umbrella Academy on Netflix. That's a good recommendation. I plan on finishing it. I'm only on episode two right now, but I'm intrigued enough to keep going. (laughs) All right. So we're going to wrap up here. We want to thank you again for sticking with us and listening all the way to the end. Check us out on your podcast service of choice. Rate, subscribe, review, tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend and just keep the chain going because we're trying to get these numbers up uh you can follow us on social media on twitter and instagram at troy podcast uh, you can follow us at our website troypodcast.com i have plans for the website so stay tuned yes so there are big things coming on the website <laughs> if you want to go check it out do that there's links to pretty much everything that we're doing we are putting up spotify playlists so if you want to listen to what we're talking about in these episodes you can do that as well search it from the episode title name or just search Troy Podcast on Spotify. Got anything else you want to say to the people before we shut it down? I love Mary J. Blige. <laughs> <laughs> Been a fan since 1992. <laughs> still cooking. I was dancing in my seat. I believe you. I, I was wondering if you could hear me. I did. Shuffling but, around upstairs. Well, I couldn't hear you. Because <laughs> I had headphones on. But I could hear it in the headphones. Okay. If you had came upstairs while I was listening to you, you would have thought I was crazy. <laughs> oh, I was boy. just dancing. <laughs> on that note, we are out of here. We will see you in two weeks. All right. Toodaloo, suckers. Suckers. That's not nice. All right. Toodaloo, lovely people. Bye. Bye. <laughs>